believe we're recording. We should be recording. We should be. If not, this is going to end up being a very weird podcast. Also, we need to figure out how to start this podcast. Yeah, we didn't have any suggestions. Um, oh, actually, we did have one suggestion. Someone wanted us to do a rap battle, uh, but I'm not prepared for that today, so maybe we'll do that on the next one. <laughs> um, I am horror, horribly bad at rapping. If you want to hear me and Elston doing a rap battle, stay tuned. <laughs> but... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Wargamers Anonymous, the one-stop shop for all your wargaming needs. I am joined, as always, by my esteemed super megastar guest, Elston from Elstonation. I'm ste- I'm esteemed now. Esteemed. It's just because you've been sat in a you've been you've been sat in a sauna. Yeah, like a vegetable. Yeah. So I'm a healthy vegetable now. Well. <laughs> well, I mean that might be a stretch. Uh, and I am uh, my name is Josh uh, from the Pickle Jar. Uh, and today we have a third member on the podcast team. So like, could also be known as a third wheel, but we like it better in context of a third leg. A third leg. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's give a warm welcome for his first appearance on Wargamers Anonymous, Ben from Benji's Hobbies. Hello. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, Hello. no problem, man. Thank you for joining us. How are you? It's quite all right. I, I feel I feel properly privileged because like I'm your like second guest ever, aren't I? Yeah. Yes. Second ever guest on the podcast. Yes. Sorry, be rare. Like, <laughs> sorry, that, that ended <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> off, off to a fantastic start so far. So Ben, you all right then, bud? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you guys doing? I'm all right. I'm very well. I'm I'm recovering from my week of insane hobby stuff but uh we'll get into that shortly yeah you have been busy uh so just mm. quickly before we get going um if you're enjoying the podcast make sure to leave us a like uh, leave us a review leave us you know a comment all that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah leave us a thing not a turd on the doorstep no, not, no no don't leave us that uh, you can find us on youtube you can find us on Inst- uh not instagram spotify and all Somewhere. the other places that you find podcasts um and share us out with your friends that you think might yeah. enjoy our sort of random nonsense that we talk about yeah because we are the second biggest pod- board gaming podcast in denmark true story based yeah. on actual facts yeah, um, right. <laughs> Ben. Uh, for those people at home that may not know who you are, uh, give a brief rundown of who you are and what you do. Uh, hi, everybody. So I'm Benji from Benji's Hobbies, as Josh said. Um, I have a YouTube channel, um, and I do hobby content, much like what Josh and Elston do, pretty much. So yeah, that's that's me. Yeah. We're all friends from doing this, aren't we? Yes. yes. Yes, yes. You're you're quite successful on the uh, YouTube front and possibly also quite controversial. Well, well regarding uh, the uh, most uh, recent uh, video, uh, anyway. A little bit controversial, yeah. <laughs> Not in a bad way, I don't think. I thought I was no. quite justified, but, you know, uh, <laughs> clearly, yeah. clearly yeah. people beg to differ. Ben can get the pry bar into those uh, trigger buttons and just yank it a little bit from time to time. So we'd like to start the podcast off uh, by chatting about what we've been working on, what we've been doing hobby-wise over the last couple of weeks. Uh, ben, as you are our guest, uh, mm-hmm. we'll we'll put it to you first. So what have you been up to hobby-wise? So at the moment, I'm in the middle of assembling a 
load of custodies. So that's going to be my next uh, army that I'm working on. So um, dreadnoughts are done. Uh, some of the, I can't remember the name of everybody now. Um, I've got like some of the spear dudes, some of the axe dudes. Uh, I've got some of the terminators. Um, so yeah, if, I've got quite a quite a little posse built up now. So that's they're all built or almost all built. So once they're all built, they'll be primed and uh, I'll be starting painting. No, I'm, nice, I'm doing an nice. Elston with them and, and building and priming everything so then I can just do it all yeah. in, in one massive hit. My influence is spreading. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Elston, what have you been up to? Oh, dear Lord. Right, so I finished building everything and the video came out on that. So everyone go check that out because it's a fun little video. Uh, but I'm on to step two of the project, which I've been waiting to announce this. So I might as well do it on a podcast. This project is Project FAP. <laughs> right? I just want to let that sink in for a minute. Project FAP. F-A-P. Project FAP. Project you know, Finish All Projects. Project FAP. How long did you sit with that name <laughs> in mind, trying to make it work? Wait, wait. It's better. Whilst doing... Projects or projects fap, you may be known as fapping. <sighs> and this is the reason we have to put explicit content warnings on the podcast. I'm going to put that in a YouTube video as well. See, there's going to be a video of you fapping on YouTube, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to be oh fapping over many videos. I mean, we all do that. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily YouTube, not necessarily but you know. YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm in step two of Project Fap, which is <laughs> priming all the models. So I'm currently done that, and I'm I'm working on. I've got some like 440 odd done, and I've got a lot more to do. But I reckon Amazing. that's going to take me another please, week or so. Please, please, please tell me when you're nearly finished with Project Fapt, that you will refer to it as the Vinegar Strokes. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, so many things. So many things are going to be happening while, whilst fapping. Um, are are yeah. you going to let us know Amazing. what fap, FAP stands for? As in, what we, we, know, well, we all, all know projects. what fapping is, but... Oh, right, okay, sorry, I missed that. Finish all projects. Right, okay, that makes sense. FAP. Operation FAP. So you may be known as fapping whilst working on Operation Fap. Or you may have fapped over the weekend. <laughs> Someone quick, ask me what I've been working on, please. Josh, what have you been working on? I'm dying to know, quickly. Thank you very much for asking. Um, over the last couple of weeks, what have I been working on? I painted some lizard men uh, for a video. Um some one-page rules, 3D printed stuff. Uh, me and Luke have decided we want to have a go at the one-page rules uh, rule set. So we, we we both decided to print some stuff. We both said, oh, we can't really both do lizard men. Um, now, what we failed to do was confirm which one of us was doing lizard men, um, which has meant that both me and Luke have printed lizard men out. Um, mm. So, it's not like you work together on a daily basis. No, I was going to say, no, surely that, that would have been a fairly easy conversation to have. It's like, Luke, I'm about to print off some lizard men. Um, is that 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 cool? I think I think the thing the conversation was 
I really like Lizard Men. Oh, I really like Lizard Men as well. And then we both went, oh, well, realistically, like, only Wanderers should do Lizard Men. And then we both sort of went, yeah, that makes sense. Fair enough. And we both just assumed <laughs> that the other person was letting the other person do Lizard Men. Um, and that wasn't the case. But I put a poll out on Instagram. I put a poll out on, on uh, YouTube. And everyone says that I should get to do Lizard Men. So it looks like. On, on your I mean, channel fair, and, on, on, and on your Instagram. That's, that, that's told, in no way biased at all, is I, it? I told him to do the same and he didn't. So that's his loss. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, so, I'll let you. I'll let you if off for that one. I mean, to be fair, person. with it being Luke, he probably doesn't know how to do a pull because he's like, <laughs> he's such it's a technology. Boomer. Yeah. But that man is so in-depth in technology and yet also at the same time so out of technology. He's, it's unreal, right? He's just hyper-focused on one topic. Like, yeah. really hyper-focused. But then like, I, I saved some songs on his uh, Epidemic Sound the other day for a video. And when I got home, I said, oh, can you just tell me the names of these songs that we've saved to your favourites list? And he was like, how do I do that? <laughs> how do I find that? I'm like, really? But, wow. So yeah, I've painted them for a video. Um, so they, they, I did them. I've been working on some Star Wars Legion stuff. I've actually got sat Yay. behind me. All of the Star Wars Legion stuff that I've bought secondhand, um, oh. which is uh, two full starter box worth of droids. Um, okay. I've got a starter box worth of clones, right? Um, and then I've got a lot of characters, and then I, so and then I've got all the stuff that I need to build still, which is another starter box of each, um, and then a load of operatives and characters and stuff. Do you want some advice on how to build the clone? Sorry, the droids quicker. Uh, yeah, sure. Because I've built loads of them. It's basically uh, glue the legs to the body with plastic glue, and then super glue the legs to the base, and it gives you like a, a framework you can work from, and it makes it go so much quicker. Because if you don't stick them to the base, the legs will flop all over the place because they are so spindly. I think um, last last time when I did them, I think I glued all the legs to bases first. Oh, okay, yeah. And then, the, because, because it just made them easier to hold. Yeah, yeah, exactly that, yeah. Uh, torsos and legs, yeah, that would be my main thing. And then the arms are just a bugger anyway, so... So, yeah, so yeah. That, that's... I've sort of got all my stuff out. Because I'm going I'm going over to Grim Dice later today, and I want to treat myself to some more droids. Um, <laughs> because I've not got I've not got enough. Uh, so I wanted to see... I wanted to see what I'd got exactly. So I've got everything out. It's all over my desk. Um, I've started how, how painting... Many, how, many, how many droids do you actually need for a game? Uh, so Not I think at, at, at the most you're allowed to take six units of like the troop I, ones. I, I think there's like seven or eight in a unit. There's n- nine in a unit if you. Oh, there's nine. Fully oh, okay. Um, okay. So, so eight, eight times. I've got. Nine. I mean, I've already got all the B1 battle droids that I need, but I haven't got all the like extra cool stuff. So I think I'm going to pick up either some <laughs> uh, stealth droids or some of the Magna Guards. Um, yeah, Magna because, Guard. I got the, the the Super Commandos are cool. Um, yeah, that's the ones. The Super Commandos, either that or some B twos, like the he- the heavy yeah. troopers. Um, just because they're I, I cool get, as well. I want to get one of the dwarf ones because they're really stupid looking. They look like a giant nose for a cannon. But I've got um, like I've got all the droid cars that I need. I've got all the B ones that I need. So it's all the extra stuff. Um, Why do droids need eyes? Just to, they've got to have something to like optics, haven't they? Yeah, but they could have one instead of two. Don't know. In case one gets mm-hmm. shut out. Oh, it's just 
Yeah. I, I was just wondering the like, dwarf spider droids. I'm like, it's got two big eyes on it, and I'm not entirely sure why it needs two. Yeah, them dwarf spider droids are nice. Maybe it's to make them kind of look a little bit more human so people kind of like recognize where the where the front of the droid is. Oh, uh, yeah, to be maybe. fair. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I've been buying Star Wars Legion since last August. I've got <laughs> a hell of a lot of droids. What was the first Star Wars Legion model that I painted? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> that, that you did that just recently, didn't you? I did that on my stream this week. Uh, I still need to base him. I'm having a bit of a crisis of confidence into how to base him because mm. I've always gone with the idea that I was going to base some sort of like Geonosis, like yeah, red, yep. red Earth, like cracked and stuff. Mm. But then I realized that it's very, very similar to my Necron basing, which is also mm. sort of Red Earth. And I don't really want to do them exactly the same. So go slightly, go slightly browner. The, um, I use the AK Interactive like texture effect stuff, um, and you just if you go uh, brown and then dry brush with an uh, orange, then you kind of you still get the geonosis because geonosis is a more of a browner environment rather than yeah, the necrons. Yeah. I Maybe. think I think I think the thing that's putting me off that is that I don't want to be fired, and if Luke sees me painting a base <laughs> instead of using. <laughs> Pace, pace ready. Could you not like do a bit of a mix of like um like desert yeah, sand and stone and like uh some of like the Mars Earth or something like that to kind of give it a little bit it might of a... be a bit too bright with yeah. the desert sand and stone. I'll have a think. I need I do need to do something. Like Kenobi is pretty much done apart from the base. I didn't um, realise you had a contract that says you can't use anything but keep giving scenics. Yeah, yeah. It's how it's how I it's how I got the job. Um, <laughs> and the interval on the interview. I, so, yeah. what do you use for basing uh, Geek Gaming Series? That is the correct answer. Well You're done. You're hired. <laughs> I got sent a load of stuff from Gamergrass, and I'm like, ah, I, I don't want to use this. <laughs> what? Dude, we got, we're going to have to teach you how to uh, not be like, you can use anything I am, that I wish. Am, I, am, I am quite clearly joking, just to confirm. I, I know. <laughs> I, I, know I, use, I use Gamergrass stuff all the time, um, <laughs> on my Necrons especially, like the Tufts and stuff. Um, to be fair, the stuff that Gamergrass has sent me is a lot of the stuff that I can get from work anyway. It's, it's exactly the same. And then the oh, stuff okay. that they've sent me that is different, the sort of foil leave things, mm-hmm. I don't want to use them because, well, not on a big project at least, because I don't want to have to buy more because they're expensive for what they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so maybe some if you're listening, if you, if you could send some more to Josh, then that would be yeah. amazing. Yeah, he would appreciate <laughs> that yeah. a lot. Even Fantastic. though we can get it all from work, but, you know, send him some stuff anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anyone wants to send me some stuff, I, I, I don't get enough free stuff, so... <laughs> um, that'd, be, that'd be fantastic anyway we've gone a bit long on what we'll be working we always do this what we've been yeah. working on uh we've all been busy that's good um yeah but now it's time for the main topic and this week because we've got ben on ben i think it's safe to say that you are somewhat of a expert uh when it comes to the lord of the rings hang on let me get the name right lord of the rings strategy battle games in middle earth is that it, right? It's it's Middle Earth strategy battle game, but close enough. Close, close enough. And, and, and I, th- I think the word expert is maybe a little bit strong. It's um it, it's a game that I, I absolutely love and I've spent a lot of time playing and you know years collecting and things. So it's it's the game that I am absolutely one hundred percent most confident talking about. Was was did it used to be called strategy battle games in Middle Earth? Is that what it was it, when the, it was the, the magazine? The, so the magazine was called Battle Games in Middle Earth. 
It used to be called the Lord of the Rings strategy battle game, but then when they did the latest edition, which was 2018, um, they changed it to Middle Earth strategy battle game because obviously it encompassed The Hobbit and and other sort of times um, through yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle Earth history mm. as well. So it was just trying to encompass everything under under one brand rather than having The Hobbit strategy battle game and Lord of the Rings strategy battle game. Yeah, so I definitely say you could be a connoisseur. The simple fact you know what the names were before it changed. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. <laughs> it's what brought me into wargaming. You know, the 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 magazines in particular. Yeah. I, I started just before the magazines came out, um, but it was one of those things. Like I think, like a lot of people, and I, I, I on my Facebook group, I put a little um, like question out yesterday, just asking how people got in, into wargaming in the first place. And so many people was somebody from school brought these models in, and I was abs- I absolutely loved them. And you know, I I, I just couldn't. <laughs> You know, I, I I couldn't wait to get some of my own, and that's pretty much what happened with me. Some of my uh, my best friends in school, um, they um, they they started playing it, and then I went round. There was like, what what's all this? What are these what are these little men that you've got on the table? Um, and then yeah, I absolutely fell in love with it from from there really. And then when the magazines came out, it was just this opportunity to buy all this stuff for a lot cheaper than it was. In the shops, right? Um, the goblins, so, you get goblin armies for like ten quid. You're like, oh, yeah, exactly. Like, like more, more goblins than you'll ever need for 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 a tenner, pretty much. So uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah. it was good times. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that's how I got into uh, the the hobby as well. Was getting the magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the first sort of three or four. I, I basically bought them all the way up until you got Frodo. Yeah. Um, yeah, which was in the first few issues, and then I went. And I've told this story loads of times. Um, and then I went to my local GW and went, "I want to look what other Lord of the Rings stuff I can get." And then I was in there for like an hour, and then I walked out with like arms full of Space Marines. Um, <laughs> and I've still, this... I've still never gone back and played Lord of the Rings. I've still, ne- I've got a ton of Mordor stuff, and I've still never gone back and done it. And it's something that I do want to do at some point. It, it, yeah. it is quite like I don't really think people quite. I don't know if it's still the same these days because obviously I've grown up with it. But I don't th- really think people understand the magic that happened when you were a kid and you went into Games Workshop oh, and no. you were just like, <gasps> and it just was infectious on a, a, a like t- almost toxic scale. We're just like, I want all of this. I, I mean, want all I, of I this. Think- I think that's like that. That's the high that I'm still chasing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, right. It's, yeah, it's and I remember like getting, um, you know, especially like Lord of the Rings and stuff when they used to do like the the previews. And this is going back years, like to not 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 to the dawn of the internet, but back to kind of like 2003, 2004, 2005. Um, Mm. And you know they put like the the little Friday previews up, and there was there was none of like this stuff getting leaked back then. It was like because um, obviously people weren't on the internet as as much as they are now. But you'd go onto um, you know the Games Workshop website, and it was like this really obscure. It wasn't like a hit click here to see all the new stuff coming out next week. It was like this really obscure little link, and you'd click on it, mm. and it was just like this was the first time I'd ever seen it, and it's coming out the following week. Do you know what I mean? It was, <laughs> uh, and there was so much excitement from that rather than getting previews kind of of you know two months out and then it's kind of like the hype's built and and stuff it it was just like it, it's there i know it's available next week and that was like amazing to me and i yeah. i didn't necessarily have like a, a a gw near me i was um 
like properly out in the sticks in in North Wales. But there was this little shop called Acme Games, and it had like you, you guys remember it when all like the little blister packs were like hanging, and you just had to look through them to see what yes. was there. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I like looking through those all days well. like, the, the 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 green backed blisters for for the fellowship stuff, and like the um, like the reddish kind of maroon coloured black blisters for um, uh, for. Um, yeah. Uh, the two towers uh, and it was just yeah. it, it just felt kind of like amazing you didn't know what was there so you just had to have a look through and and, and pick yeah. up what you fancied at the time it was just it, it feels very different to how it feels now I mean you that, find, that oh, go on. you could like find like a bloodthirster in a tiny little blister and you're like how does this big thing get into this tiny <laughs> <Yeah>. little box <laughs> I mean that magic that you're talking about about going into like GW when you were a kid like that's how I feel whenever I go into like an independent store mm. yeah. and I think yeah. I don't yeah. I don't get it as much when I go into my local GW and that's purely because there's not all like, the other stuff it's, yeah because my local GW is it's a smaller one and like the, the guy that runs it Liam is a, like one of my best friends and I love going in and seeing him and chatting and stuff, uh, but they don't. They obviously, they don't stock everything. So it's one of those things where, I, 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 I this is one of the things that I hate about GW uh, is that I can't just go into store and like get whatever I want and have that immediate like, oh, I've got this. Because like you go in and it's like, oh, have you not got this? Oh no, but I can order it for you. And it's like, oh, it's not the it's same. Not, it's not the like, same. I want to buy it? something. It's... I want to have a. I want, I, I want I to walk, walk out a... with a box in a bag and yeah, and then, and then get home box... and put it on a shelf or in a cupboard <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, and never exactly look it. at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, but like when you go into like uh, independent stores, like not just like for the the, I mean. The ones that I go in generally have a bigger range of GW stuff in than GW. Than GW um, do, yeah. I, but, I think, you know, get, let, let's, let's, get, let's, all the... let's give Grim Dice, Grim Dice another little plug. And like when we went there in um, in February, and like literally, I spent so much time just walking around, like just looking at the shelves as to, you know, just what they had. And it's like, you know, because they've got not just GW stuff as well, um, you know, all the other brands and kind of like, you know, card games and, and stuff like normally I, it, that sort of stuff wouldn't interest me it's not the sort of stuff that I would look at you know online or anything either but then like walking around the shop just looking at it, it was like I was just completely fascinated by it and there was definitely a kind of a like a little bit of that that wonderment again Mm-hmm. That's it, yeah. Because of because of all the extra stuff, all the other systems, Star Wars Legion, X Wing, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol, Bolt Action, uh, all these other smaller games that like, and that's why I think like I mean I know this is a little bit off topic, but I, that's why I like local gaming stores, independent gaming stores, because they showcase a lot of the other stuff that I wouldn't necessarily look at if I wasn't de- mm-hmm. like specifically looking for that. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, it, it, that, I get that when I go to to local stores. Um, so with the Lord of the Rings game then, obviously the rule set is like with with forty k with Age of Sigma, like the the different rule sets, but they are they've got similarities. Yeah. Um, between the two, like they they do play very differently, and obviously fantasy played very differently to forty k, but then they mm-hmm. got rid of that. Uh, but Lord of the Rings is like it's completely separate again. Like there's no real there's not really too much crossover from what i vaguely understand of the rules um like why why do you like the lord of the rings rule set over uh other game systems so, I, I think i've been asked this a couple of times and i think uh, f- first and foremost i think it's familiarity for me like it's it's something that i've played since kind of day one um or not well yeah you're very very early in the in the game coming out and over the time uh that it's been out the rules haven't changed drastically 
Um, so the core mechanics are exactly the same from um, the f- very first edition to, of the game to what they are now. Now, what they have done, though, is added kind of other layers of complexity, kind of, you know, your heroes can do slightly different things now. Um, some of your troops, depending on what weapons they've got, they've got kind of slightly different attacks, which make them um, or different um uh, they're called special strikes, so they they can they can just do slightly different things. So they've just added these little small layers of complexity, but it hasn't changed the whole game. Whereas I, I know, obviously, when a new edition of you know forty k comes out, it's almost like trying to learn a new game again, isn't it? You know, it's mm-hmm. it, depending on how much they've changed it. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's, it's obviously that familiarity because it's a game that I've played for a very long time. Um, what I really do like about it compared to like 40k and AOS so is this is the kind of alternating activation. So, you know, it, you roll for priority, uh, person who's got priority kind of gets to move first. Um, so person with priority would then move their troops and then it allows then the other person to counter so you're not getting to kind of move shoot melee every everything all in one turn and then Mm. your opponent gets to kind of counter that so i feel there's a lot more of a, a back and forth and like what your opponent does then kind of dictates what you then do if that makes sense so it feels yeah. a little bit more rather than just being you know i know in certain games of 40k and things like that you know especially when people are playing with meta armies and stuff like that you know after the first turn it's almost a, a cold game do you know what i mean and yeah. I, I, in middle earth i cannot see a point where where that happens um one of the other big differences as well is um like the the, the from 40k and, and aos as well but there's a standards kind of points value per game, isn't there? You know, two thousand is kind of the the standard points. Like you very hear, very rarely hear about people playing five hundred points or a thousand points. It's kind of the everybody plays two thousand points. Whereas with Middle Earth, you know, you could say, you know, four hundred up to kind of twelve fifty fifteen hundred is probably the the top end that you would want to go to. But any anything in the in between that pretty much is is a viable game. Um, right. so there's not kind of these, these set sizes and because yeah. of that, what you don't tend to get is, is meta armies like forming because at every different points level, each army is going to play very differently. Um, and you know, what might be really good in that army, like, you know, a big hero or something actually is not going to be viable at a lower points game because you've not got the troops to support it. Um, so I, I just think that there is this, you know, there isn't like one army that is, that is the best army because people play it across such a vast array of of different point sizes um and yeah that, that's kind of what i like about it and and that's why i collect loads of different armies and i think that's why a lot of people collect different armies because um there isn't just this kind of one one size fits all that fits the the, the standard 2000 points profile if that makes sense yeah yeah i mean to be fair from what i've heard of anyone that's kind of gotten into the lord of the rings game they there's nothing bad to be said about the rules mechanics they like rules mechanics are solid and yeah they know the the meta you know you hear people whinging about meta and stuff like that in 40k or aos or whatever or something this is broken this is broken xyz mm-hmm. i like i just don't hear that with lord of the rings now whether yeah. or not it's i'm not connected enough to do that i don't know but so i the- 
there is a, there like, is yeah. a little bit of that, I guess. Um, that one of the the new rulebook that came out last um, week. That, that's just an, another really good thing about it as well. Is like you don't need loads of books to play it. Um, mm-hmm. So you could you can play it with essentially two books: the rulebook and like the Armies of Lord of the Rings or the Armies of the Hobbit. Um, now, what yeah. they have done over time then is rather than kind of adding new rulebooks, they've added uh, like supplements which include um, a few extra profiles. So if you wanted to play that army, I guess it's I guess it's a bit like a psychic awakening sort of thing which i know people don't tend yeah. to like but um but and they've also got these things called legendary legions which means um you can play like a, a much more restricted list but you get extra bonuses for playing that list Nice. Um, nice. So it it just kind of so you can't just kind of pick and choose and, and choose the best units and put them into one army because then you'd lose bonuses because of that, um, mm. which I think is, is a nice way of of encouraging thematic play, which which for me is is you know quite a big part of it. It's is why I love the game. Um, but the, there was a new book that came out last uh, last weekend, um, and people were complaining about one. Uh, uh, model in particular, which was the Dragon Emperor, for, which is an Easterling um, force, and they were saying it was severely undercosted. Now, now that people have actually played with it, it seems that people are going, oh, actually, no, it wasn't undercosted. It is still, you know, it's a big base. It's, you know, it's a bit of a liability. It can only be in one place at once. It buffs a, you know, a relatively small area. Um, so, you know, all of a sudden, you know, people were sh- screaming that it was undercosted and that it was broken and things. But actually, once in play, it tends not to be um and again as i said like you know at different points levels you know that it will play very differently so you know it might might fit great at sort of seven eight hundred points but at 500 points you'll probably never play it because it's it's too much of a point sink yeah interestingly do you find that um i'm trying to phrase it right lord of the rings is more well loved because it's not under the pressure of 40k and it's 40k's very rapid release schedule so what i mean in context of that is 40k you're gonna get a new army pretty much every month or a new codex for a new faction every month and that pushes the meta along into another broken scenario and another broken scenario um but it seems like lord of the rings doesn't suffer from that because it doesn't have the release schedule kind of time frame that 40k does so i think you know the the factions you've got kind of stay the way they are for a while yeah, I think um, you know. The, the, I think I can't even remember when the last book was. It would would have been last year, you know. So obviously we, we're talking about it was um, uh, Fall of the Necromancer, which was I'm trying to think when that was, but it, it was a long time ago. Um, yeah. And you know, we we've only just had the the, the newest book. Now we get uh, occasionally get kind of like. Um, new releases so you know there's there's the dragon emperor there's um there's a load of new stuff on forge world but also we get re-releases of old stuff because it's you know the mm-hmm. the, the range is is pretty vast um yeah you know there's a, there's a, a lot of stuff in there um and um so you know you you get these re-releases as well which kind of allows people to complete armies that they might be missing a couple of pieces for um so yeah. we are kind of getting releases regularly but also we're we're not if that makes sense you know as you say there isn't like a new a, a totally new army every every month or every two months or something like that it is very much a a steady game um and that's what i quite like i'm a, I'm a little bit of a completionist so if something comes out <laughs> i, I kind of want to buy it so that i've not missing yeah. out on it um and i think you know having lived through the days where, where where everybody thought the game was dead um you know games workshop had 
dropped support. I think it was kind of 2016. And it was when I kind of came back in, <laughs> ironically came back into the game. And it was, I was looking at stuff. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, Games Workshop haven't released anything for a long time. Um, and then since then, there's been like a steady trickle of releases. It's not that they're kind of releasing, you know, new stuff every month or or anything. It is literally a steady trickle, um, which is mm. makes it a lot more manageable on the on the wallet. Yeah, I mean, the- well... Well, sorry, go ahead, Pickle. I was just going to say, like, it's it's kind of telling. Like, when did the uh, Pelinor Fields box come out? That was 2018, awesome. which is four, four yeah, years. That, It'll be four, that, four years that, ago in, in August. And that's still the most, that's, that is that is the current starter box, isn't it? That's the current It is, starter. yeah. It is. I'm, yeah, I'm, ha- is I'm kind of half expecting them to bring out another one but i i don't know what they do i don't because obviously there's the new amazon series um coming out in september um so you know it would be amazing if they did something to to coincide with that but <clears throat> there's been no kind of talk about it so far so I, honestly do you think I, they take it into like kind of silmarillion times and stuff and like into like the second <laughs> age and stuff like that because they haven't i don't think they've really explored that far back in it. So like, the, 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 these are my kind of, uh, I guess, theories on it. So uh, Cimmerillion, I don't think they've got the rights to. Um, so oh, okay. the, the rights, I was just going to say that, yeah. The rights are kind of all over the place. And I think um, like the Tolkien estate are kind of releasing their grip on it a little bit um, since Christop- mm-hmm. Christopher Tolkien passed, uh, was it last year or the year before? Um, oh, okay. So um, I think they're kind of releasing their grip a little bit on it and see that it is a massive franchise that people would love to get their hands on. Um, I think mm. Cimmerillion would be like, it would have to be a game on a completely different scale because the armies were massive you know compared to uh, mm-hmm. characters in the lord of the rings and things they would be massively yeah. op <laughs> you know there's just no yeah. even like sauron or aragorn are, are like nothing compared to some of the, the the characters in there um second age stuff i i'd like to think that it would do and it, for me i when they relaunched the game i was hoping that the first supplement was going to be um like the last alliance so that we'd get mm-hmm. um elves and numenor and stuff like that kind of re re-released but unfortunately it wasn't to be um so they've still not kind of explored that yet i live in hope but i think because the um uh the uh, amazon series is probably going to be set in the second age um i think maybe they might be kind of holding off until that's kind of released and then they'll see what they they do with it well yeah it's fair that's so what that's what i'm hoping like- anyway <laughs> so you get all the you get the supplements and stuff um like you said like you've got the what's the new one is it the north Def- Northern? defense of the north that's it defense of the north and obviously there was the other one the necromancy one yeah uh fall of the necromancer yeah and then you get the other books as well which i'm assuming they're not supplements they're more like um like narrative play because oh, they- they- i saw the um quest of the ring bearer one and i was yeah. like i'm kind of tempted to get that and play through it that's that's um that's a watch got that's a, a supplement as well so there are kind of legendary legions in that they've got a few new new profiles in them um and i think that was like a, an opportunity to re-release some of the old stuff that they that they had um but that mm. that's a a brilliant book that because you can make like a uh, what's called a fantasy fellowship so you know there's a few kind of rules and guidelines to follow but essentially you make a fellowship of your own characters um which is like a really cool one. It's almost like a bit of a, a what if sort of thing. So what if Aema, um went instead of Boromir and what if um, Haldir went instead of Legolas? And, you know, you can kind of make your own 
narrative re- with it really, which is a really cool way to play. And that's in those books as well. Like if you're if you are purely a narrative player, there's loads of scenarios and stuff in there as well, which um, I think is a really kind of undervalued way of of playing the game as well. Um, you know, I don't yeah. see there's not. I think you know, competitive play is definitely. Um, more of a focus for people but narrative is is huge and and obviously people like to to play out some of their favorite scenes from the films as well mm-hmm. yeah i think that's the, that's the thing that would sort of sell it for me is like i would love to play through um and, and play through like all, all of that so the quest of the ring but does that go all the way from leaving the shire up to mordor or is it just to a certain point or so so some some of it will uh, will all be kind of covered in other books so depending you know obviously the, oh yeah it's the quest of the ring bearer so yeah it's, it is pretty much the ring bearer's quest so it's all like little almost like mini scenarios if that makes sense some of them are slightly bigger yeah. um but yeah it's it's essentially kind of just following the ring bearer from from the shire through to to mordor yeah i might be tempted to get that and like play through it because i i keep trying to get wendy into playing stuff um, yeah because she she's interested and she does want to, and it's just picking the right thing, yeah. Um, something like that that's like more narrative and stuff, and it, it mixing up like different characters and different models and stuff, so you're not just stuck with the one army sort of thing. It might yeah. be an idea. Yeah, it's you find it, it, it is a really cool sorry. way to play it. It's 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 so it's so much fun. Like you know you it because you're kind of playing with these like you know especially the, some of the early scenarios you're playing with like hobbits do you know what i mean it is it it yeah. it, it, it just yeah. makes it kind of rather than it being like army versus army it's like kind of you know four four hobbits versus ring wraiths or for you know uh, it, it's just a really nice nice way to play rather than it kind of being just about war if that makes sense yeah. nice Interestingly, do you find it's uh, this is the the main comparison I can see between it's an interesting side glance of Lord of the Rings versus Forty K is Lord of the Rings has so much there behind the scenes, uh, well, sorry, behind the game. Um, and what I mean by this is the fact that there are books, there are the movies, there TV shows, whatever's coming out for it. Um, where if you looked on the flip side of something like 40k, 40k doesn't have that much on that kind of like the other media side of things for like general purpose entertainment to sort think, of coincide yeah. with it. I think the I think that 40k does have a lot of sort of law and books and stories mm. and all that sort of stuff. It's just that it is it's, it's, it's invented. I think the difference is is that the 40k law is invented for the game, whereas Lord yeah. of the Rings was a thing before the game. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just kind of an interesting spin on it to look at how that might change people's perspective on it. Because I, th- I think as well, I, what you what you do get is is a lot of people look back on Lord of the Rings with you know they they were read it as a child or you know the Hobbit especially you know is is mm-hmm. very much a children's book. So you know the characters are are sometimes characters that have been with you since since childhood. Whereas you know you you wouldn't read a Black Library novel to your to your kid before bed, really, would you? You know it's um, yeah. It, yeah. it's very very much a different thing. It's probably you know, you know, at the earliest you probably get into that as being a teenager. Um, you know, I, I, I can't imagine any youngsters re- uh, reading, um, reading forty k. If I'm, if I'm completely honest. Whereas I think Lord of the Rings is just that much more accessible um, to to youngsters. Yeah, and I think. Yeah, you know, I think. I think... Oh, go on. That's right. Uh, and I think you know. Obviously, you. you've got this. Um, 
you know, pe- people have almost got like this, these kind of not not ro- not rose tinted glasses. What what am I trying? You know, this nostalgia towards sort of towards Lord of the Rings because yeah. it was something that was part of their childhood as well. Um, yep. So yeah, that's that's kind of why I think it's uh, it's kind of enduring really as a game. Yeah, uh, like I said, I think I think the 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 idea that Lord of the Rings is or like Lord of the Rings was written just as Lord of the Rings, and mm-hmm, then yeah. and then GW went, oh, let's make a game using those characters. And and that's how that's worked out. Whereas with 40k, they went, let's make a game. And then they made a game and they went, Oh, we should probably do some backstory. And then and that, <laughs> But the, the, I mean, the difference is is that the backstory has to kind of and I mean it does a real like I love Games Workshop, but like all the backstories and, and lore and stories and stuff do a really poor job of keeping it tied in with the tabletop. I mean, like we've all read books yeah. and stories where, you know, a space marine has, has gone up against countless enemies and triumphant because it's a space marine. It's like perfection and stuff. And then you go on a table and it rolls a one. And <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? So it's like, well, yeah. But, 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 but you can't do that. You can't keep it like that because in in game, like in in, I mean, you can go read any codex and like every unit is like like the little fluff bit about them is like worded like they are the ultimate killing thing and like the <laughs> perfection itself. And it's like yeah, but it's shit on table. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> not not every I, not everything can be amazing. I I I always sort of like think it's almost like. Space Marine propaganda when you or, or like propaganda from the perspective of those um of that race sort of thing when you're reading a codex or when you're reading something like that as you say like Space Marine is the best the best killing yeah. machine that's ever ever been invented it could kill anything and like you know you, you kind of hear these stories of like you know a single Space Marine taking down like a knight or something like that and and you think but then like how many countless other ones have have, have died as well that aren't talked about um and yeah. just 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 yeah. on that as well like you know a, a slightly sort of interesting thing about lord of the rings is the the premise of lord of the rings is that the book was written from the perspective of the hobbits so there's a lot okay. of stuff in there which is all which you know like gandalf's magic and stuff like that which you know i'm not saying that it's it's not magic shall we say but it's it's written from the perspective of hobbits. So if there's stuff that they don't understand, they've kind of interpreted it in a certain in a certain way. So mm-hmm. what you're actually reading in Lord of the Rings may not have been exactly how it would have happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Does, yeah. does that make yeah. sense? Because it's, yeah, it's, it's 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 basically written in the the uh, Red Book of Westmarch, which if you if you see at the beginning of um, the Hobbit, it's what Bilbo kind of is finishing up writing. Um, oh, and it, okay. it's it's like that's that's what you're reading is the Red Book of Westmarch, but it's translated. So again, it's like w- their experiences or what they've written down may not have been the entire truth. And like one of the big examples of that is, um, you know, how um, Bilbo came to to get the ring and the the you know the the riddles and how he won it from Gollum and stuff like that. It's you know, did it actually happen that way, or were you a little bit more sneaky about it? Do you know what I mean? It's 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 him yeah, trying to save yeah. face almost. It's um. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's kind interesting. of interesting because I know black black library authors recently with the, on a parallel to that is uh, they've been kind of recently when people have been actuallying them uh, they've kind of gone well this is all a perspective like yeah and you, they actively say these books contradict each other on purpose because it's a perspective thing yeah and it's like this person's perspective versus this person so 
Uh, it's not a necessarily this is an exact accounting. Whereas I think that's where the Silmarillion is very different to it because that's not necessarily an account of something. That is, this is what happened. Yeah, Here's the timeline. This it, is the what. You're like. But it doesn't go like, into that much detail of it. Does no, it? it's it's very kind of top top line, shall we say? It's um, yeah. You, you don't you don't kind of get the the nitty gritty as such. Mm. Uh, yeah, very. As I said, that was kind of an interesting parallel. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah you know, it's, as, uh, as the, the saying goes, like history is written by the, the the victors, isn't it? You know, it's it's whoever's kind of there winning, or whoever's kind of account you take into it. You know, it's you know the invading forces yeah. are there to free the land, or or are the invading forces there kind of take taking your land, sort of thing. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it it kind of it breeds the longevity of the game as well because people will love Lord of the Rings regardless. So whether or not they love the game or not they will love lord of the rings so even if they don't like the game they'll love the models um, yeah and so you're kind of it's that as i said it's a long-term game basically you know 40k and fantasy they or major sigma they've got to keep on cranking that out because otherwise yeah. the enthusiasm will just die off as lord of the rings will just keep on chugging along i think you know that it's it it's a bit of a testament to it that people, uh, you know, that are getting into the game now are still buying models that are like twenty years old. Uh, yeah, right. you know, which is which is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, it would be it would be nice to have some updates of the of the very old ones, but uh, but yeah, I think they're they're still uh, you know it's still nice to to, to sort of feel that my old Marie, um, models that I've got aren't outdated or they've not been kind of written out they you know they they might have been replaced with a new cooler plastic one um but it doesn't mm. negate you know it doesn't mean that i can't use my older ones again do you know what i mean i know obviously yeah. there's a it's a bit contentious about kind of the uh the, the tactical marines and the the mini marines and stuff like that compared to <laughs> primaris but um but yeah it's uh it's nice that kind of the, those old models are still very much usable and still for sale you know they're, they're the most up-to-date version of some of those models Still more up to date than the guard, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when the guard came out because it's in uh, some some of the issues with uh, Middle Earth in it in White Dwarf, and uh, yeah, <laughs> the guard yeah. came out at the same time as Lord of the Rings. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, so that was our um, Lord of the Rings chat. Um, I'm definitely wanting to get into playing Lord of the Rings. Like I said, I've got a load of stuff. I actually bought a new model. I bought the Witch King. Um, when back nice. when we were at Grimdice, speaking of it, back in February. Oh yeah, I can't I can't remember buying him, but apparently I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, so I'm definitely wanting to look into getting into it. Um, maybe we maybe we can organise a game at some point. And you yeah, can, well, we we keep me. saying it, and uh, it's uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to make some time. But uh, that's that was our Lord of the Rings chat, and we are going to now move on to Elston's favourite segment <gasps> of the show. Here is the snack attack section. So for those of you that don't yes. know, this is the section of the show where we take user-suggested uh, snacks or drinks or whatever, and we try them out on stream, and then we give them ratings. Now, we're doing it a little bit different this week because uh, Ben is our guest. So we asked Ben for a suggestion. Ben, would you care to uh, share with the audience what your suggestion for Snack Attack was? And just talk Absolutely. us through it. Absolutely. So I suggested that we take a look at popcorn. Um, it's uh, To me, it's like a, a fantastic snack. And uh, it's it, I wouldn't say it's healthy, but it's it's healthier than, uh, than a lot of other snacks out there that you've already discussed. So I thought it'd be a good one to bring to the table. 
Also, that is definitely not the reason why I asked Ben to come on this show. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> definitely not. not. So we've all got um, the uh, yeah. popcorn. The oh, are we all having a Russell? Yep. Yeah. So we've got the uh, proper corn. Uh, proper corn. And we've got sweet and salty, I think. We've all got, we've yep. all got the same, haven't we? We have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, I went for the. Uh, I bought a multi bag so that I could have a smaller bag because I'm I'm trying to diet. Uh, so it's only sixty four calories in the bag that I've got, mm. which is I've got four hundred calories. So yeah. I mean, we've all had popcorn before. We know yeah. the deal. But, but for the sake of uh, trying it on the on the podcast, we're gonna <laughs> gonna have a crunch. Mm, right. Here's a question for you. Obviously, we all know popcorn. Never will try popcorn. Yes. This is Ben's suggestion. Um, and I think we've all tried it. Um, mm-hmm. e, do you have a favorite type of popcorn? Yes. What's your favorite? Bacon. Bacon, bacon. popcorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you do, okay. you get plain popcorn mm-hmm. that, you, that you do yourself. And put um, bacon on it. I mean, essentially, yeah. <laughs> you, cook, you do it and you put you uh put uh, drizzle it in um like maple syrup like not a lot just a little bit uh, okay. and then and then like really finely chop up uh bacon mm. like really really like finely diced mm-hmm. like sprinkle it in mix it around the stuff mm. absolutely fantastic wow mm. i mean if i if i was just buying a packet of popcorn like this then uh, i'd go for the sweet and salted mix because i like sweet and salted so it's best to it's, it's difficult to choose isn't it Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you couldn't just choose just the one. So why not both? Mm. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Pickle. That suggestion has made me aroused. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say I mean, like that. I know what I'm doing this afternoon. Uh, mm, right? <laughs> How do you make any food better? Put bacon on it. <laughs> bacon. Yeah. Ba- bacon and syrup. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. these are really nice. They're very tasty. Like I said, it's not, it's not many calories. So if you are... Um, in like I am, then uh, one of these smaller bags. It's, it's a, not a bad snack for an afternoon. Like I usually have uh, uh, snack bars that are more calories than this. So yeah, um, these are pretty good. Uh, I think you know, are... we, we, I, work, I worked out that these these big bags. So we got uh, Elston and I've got these big bags, um, and I think they're just over yeah. four hundred calories. So don't get me wrong. If you if you're kind of not dieting, and you know it's it, mm-hmm. it, you know they're they're relatively kind of. You know, you could eat 400 calories. Don't get me wrong. You probably don't want to just eat 400 calories of uh, of popcorn. But if you're going to be hmm. pigging out anyway, um, you know, and eating a, an entire bag of some sort of snack, it's not a, a bad way to do it. I mean, I'm not going to lie here. Like, I was, I'm looking at this bag, and then I'm looking at, I'm imagining how big the bags are at Cinema Popcorn, right? And the bags that, or the tubs at Cinema Popcorn are obviously bigger than these things. Yeah. I, yeah. Possibly by a substantial degree as well. And I will go through one of those big tubs before a film starts. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Easily. Uh, um, and to the point where my suggestion for my favorite is cinema popcorn. I love it. And um, yeah, it makes me worry now how many. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're probably looking at 800 calories, calories for that. Mm. Cinema, cinema popcorn is just that sort of holy grail, though, isn't it? It is like. Right. I don't know what it is that they do, but it's mm. always nicer than just mm. normal. Until you get to the bottom, then you start picking up the corn things and crunching them, and they're like, ah, there goes a part of my tooth. 
I think it's because it's like it's a slightly warm as well when you get it. Yeah. Mm. So I think that kind of make, maybe makes a difference. Mm. Which um, obviously, so when you're wargaming, you know, you're not going to be able to get warm popcorn. No. No. Um, so something else to mention about these as well, because I know that we have um, vegan and vegetarian listeners. Uh, these are vegan friendly. Um, so, but don't add bacon. Uh, Interestingly. No, don't add bacon to these. <laughs> you can um, you can buy cinema popcorn in packets now. Wow. Wow. You can, and Thanks it, for telling it's me It's amazing. That. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, <laughs> so we normally give these uh, scores uh, when, mm-hmm. we, when we rate things. Uh, as discussed, right. So here's the question, Elston. Mm, right. Does does popcorn count as crisps? Mm. Because we said that there. we were going to remove the oil index from everything that wasn't crisps. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say no. I would. I don't. I. I would normally class they... them as a crisp, but. Mm. I think you know just yeah. just uh, as as an outsider on this on this matter, um, but you know they, they they do kind of leave a little bit of like a residue on your fingers, like a little oily residue. So uh, right. I, I don't know yeah. whether the, that kind of go, comes into into play here at all. The, no, just, oil, that, that that would come under the finger residue. Oh, yeah, of course oil, it would. Yeah, yeah. The oil index is kind of like once you've eaten a, in your mouth. a bit of a, a, right. A, yeah, after you've eaten a, a few of them, your mouth kind of feels. Like oily? kind of toxic, yeah, oily and toxic, and a bit like like not very nice. And that happens if you eat a lot of crisps. And you're like, yeah, I don't know if it's the salt and the oil or what's going on, but yeah, sometimes, especially if you get like the thick cut crisps, if you eat a lot of them, you yeah. can feel a little bit like sick after it, just for like the oil factor that's in them. So um, we could so- go, we, let's say they're crisps and let's put an oil factor on it. Yep, okay, okay then. So we'll go from the top then. So finger residue contamination. Um, They're not too bad. Yeah, I'm not really noticing too much. Uh, I mean, popcorn, I mean, I guess there's not really much coming off. I'm just looking at them now to see. Like, I mean, you basically, after a, after a bag or a tub, you probably want to wipe them on your trousers or something. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not like eating Doritos where you have to have a, no. a, no. a wipe after every one. No. <laughs> um... So yeah, I, I, I think I think I'm going to rate them a nine out of ten for finger residue because there's hardly anything. Yeah, I'll go with that. Nine out it's 10. just it's just very very slightly oily on the fingers, I would say. But yeah, yeah I, I, you know it's it, it's it's very slight, and as you say, I think you could probably go through an entire bag and and not be particularly uh, oily mm, afterwards possible. or re- yeah. Res- yeah. residue covered. So yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, nine we, out of ten. We, we do kind of focus on the war gaming element with these snacks to a degree. Yeah. Um, oh. So the next one is weight to chew ratio. Now, because it's popcorn, they're going to mm. have a pretty low score. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not you you could quite easily smash a bag of these in no time at all. There's not much yeah. chew value there. I think um, I think um, El- Elston hit the nail on the head when he said he could get a, a tub that's twice this yeah. big at the cinema and, and and you could scoff it all before the film even starts. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a three. I'm gonna go with a three as well. Yeah, mm. I'd, 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 I'd agree. Yeah, three. Mm. Uh, and then if yeah. we're doing the oil index, um, I mean, I'm not really noticing anything. After I mean, after a big cinema tub, you can taste but, a little bit. But, but that's not a cinema tub. You're rating this popcorn that you're eating. Are we? Are we well, I suppose we are, because we're not just rating popcorn in general, are we? Mm. No. 
Mm. I was going to say because because then you've got if you're doing that you've got to bring in toffee popcorn and things like that which uh, obviously yeah, that, is that that's, is a... that's 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 a whole different ball game there. Mm. Fair enough. Um, yeah, not too bad. No, I think I think I think we should change the oil index to um, mouth feel mouth texture <laughs> <laughs> mouth feel <laughs> because because popcorn it I'm not noticing an oily thing mm. but. We all we all know the worst thing about popcorn is those you little bits. You gotta have a bits. toothpick afterwards. Yeah, mm. gotta have a toothpick. Oh damn it! Yeah, I'm with you on that, hundred yeah. percent. And that that that's across all popcorn. There's no mm-hmm. getting around it. You are getting yeah, shit that. stuck in your teeth. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up as a, a a new thing in, but yeah, I'm glad you. Yeah, let's change it to like mouth. Uh, wow. Well, Mouth effect. <laughs> mouth effect. Mouth effect. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, mouth effect. Why not? Perhaps it's one to take offline. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, if in that case, then, um, other than the small bits that do get stuck, um, absolutely fine. Uh, but because of the, the bits that get stuck and stuff, it's a little bit of uh, aftercare work needed. So I'm probably going to go for maybe uh, six out of ten. Yeah, I'll go with five. Wait, should we call it mouth aggravation? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. How much can this thing aggravate your mouth? So there you go, folks. We've changed the oil index. It is now mouth aggravation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with a five because that getting that stuff in your teeth is a real bastard. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Five out of ten. Cool. So, so overall scores then uh, as a as a war gaming snack. Um, ben, what was your mouth aggravation? My, uh, I'd go with a five as well. It's uh, okay. uh, it, it's it's a difficult one because it doesn't. It's it it. So some bags, you know, it depends if you can get lots of those little bits in it. But then some bags, you you don't necessarily get it all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, I think yeah. there is a little bit of uh, of a difference between the bags. So I, I was going to go with a five there as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah. So overall scores then. Mm. It's a wargaming snack. It's pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I was going to go with a, a a nice seven out of ten mm. as a wargaming snack. I think. Go on. I'm going to probably go eight because these last a long time and they don't, they, I, they last a long time in comparison to what it would for another kind of snack of this size sort of thing. Yeah. That's what my thing, what I'm thinking. So, so I'm going to go with eight. I think I'm going to go with eight as well. Um, I mean, I've only got the smaller bag, but it's the, they're nice and light. They're not going to mm-hmm. make you feel blurted and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no things to wipe off your fingers so it's absolutely fine for picking up models and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I like think I said, compared, compared to... Oh, sorry. I was going to say that they're, they're, they're quite nice, so I think I'm going to go with an eight. Yeah. I, you know, comparing them to like like a bag of sweets or something, they're not kind of going to make you feel sick. Um, you know, yeah. so if you want something no. sweet, um, but not necessarily eating sweets, I think it definitely uh, ticks that box. Yeah. Yep. And I think... Even though these scored quite low on the weight to chew ratio as a food, I think that that actually works in their favour for wargaming because mm. I think there's nothing worse than when you're playing a game and someone's just stuffing the face and either talking with a mouthful or you're having to wait for ages for them to finish chewing to talk. Mm-hmm. Whereas these, like a couple of chews and they're done because it's only popcorn. Mm. 
Mm. So you can you can have a, you can have a bit of this while someone else is doing a, a dice roll or taking their turn or whatever. And it's not I mean, I'm recording a podcast right now and I'm still oh. eating them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, how, how much have you eaten me? so far, Elston? I'm about halfway through. <laughs> I've eaten about half my bag. <laughs> half a little is bag. about a quarter of the size of mine. <laughs> half a little bag, yeah. Um, so there you go. That was the proper proper corn. Um, Peppercorn, oh, sweet and salty popcorn. So mm. good, good scores all around there. I'm going to have um, to put this down for the next part, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> thanks, Ben, for recommending uh, popcorn for us. Uh, no I problem. enjoyed that. Um, if you've got any suggestions yourselves, guys, drop them in the Discord uh, or send us a message on social media or whatever, and let us know. Uh, we do need some suggestions for drinks. Mm. We've not done any drinks at all yet. So whether that's uh, fizzy pop or what or or alcoholic or whatever we need some suggestions for drinks so please 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 drop them in the discord i don't have a toothpick here now i want to kill someone well that sucks to be you yeah and uh with that we're going to move on to the final section of the show which is the story time book corner whatever we Mm. call it story time thing um elston you've got a book for us this week i believe ben's listened to it as well i have not so i'm going to take a back seat and leave you two in charge go (laughs) well it was ben that suggested this one so i've just finished listening to it ben you've uh read it or listened to it before Mm -hmm. um i believe um this is uh the children of Huron, which is uh is it it's by jr tolkien it is it was it's it's almost like a a compilation so he wrote it all but then it was kind of compiled by his son uh into mm-hmm. like a, a, a an edited into a story so it you know the reason i suggest this is i wanted to suggest something by by tolkien um but obviously everybody's heard of or read the hobbit or lord of the rings uh, or kind of at least has an idea of what the story is. so i wanted to bring something kind of different to the table um now a lot mm-hmm. of the books by tolkien are just almost like an amalgamation of various snippets of stories that he's written rather than kind of actual stories if that makes sense yeah. so you know it's it's like little um snapshots of time or uh, or there's not particularly much narrative to them as such so the these there, there is a few kind of books that he's that have been released um kind of posthumously which are the children of Huron, uh baron and luthien and the fall of gondolin um and this is like the first one that was released i think this came out in like 2006 2007 i think um oh, okay. so, so it's a while ago um so yeah, I, I I read it a while ago, and I reread it a couple of years ago on holiday. Um, and yeah, it was you know nice, lighthearted reading for uh, for, for holiday, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> right, right. So sometimes sarcasm doesn't come across in a podcast. So what Ben just did was sarcasm. Yeah. I'm going to give you a brief synopsis or a brief summary of this book in a weird interpretation. I'm going to get in trouble for this. <laughs> I'm, if I were to condense this book into a kind of statement, I would say ancestral Romeo and Juliet. Y- yes. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not a nice book. Um, no, <laughs> it's, sorry. It's it's a, it, I, when you think of like talking, you think when you think of Lord of the Rings, it's like oh, a nice heroic story, and you know the, yeah. the good guys win and stuff like that. <laughs> in, in this one, it, yeah. it's not so much. 
No, no. I mean, he do, like they do, they do do heroic things, but um, yeah, no, it's it's kind of twisted the yep. entire thing. Um, yep. it it's basically there's uh, correct me on whatever I say here, Ben, because the first time around I was like getting it. There's a guy called Hurin, and uh, he basically gets captured by Melkor mm-hmm. and told that he's going to keep him alive and he gets to watch uh, or basically see everything that happens in Middle-earth. He's not going to kill him. He's just going to let him watch what happens. And his line gets cursed, like all the people in his family. And the main protagonist, I want to say the main focus is on his son, uh, Turin. Yeah. Um, But he's also got a daughter called Neonor. Am yeah, I right? is it Neonor? Neonor, um, and yeah, basically things just don't really go right. They they should go right for the way it's all set up, but they don't. And it's uh, yeah, it, it, there's it, a, there's a lot of stuff that kind of happens to them. I I, I don't know what if you it's it's been out for a long time. If mm. it's, it's people we can like, spoil it, we spoil it. We could spoil it. Okay, so it's it, you know basically just uh, Turin. You know, he's he's taken to Gondolin as a child, and he's kind of like welcomed by the elves, and and then he, uh, accidentally he kind of. Um, kills or one of the elves dies which isn't necessary down to him but people you know he thought it was his fault um so then he kind of runs off into the wild um and people are trying to find him say no no it's all right you can come back it's fine we don't blame you um and then he's uh yeah all sorts of stuff goes wrong for him like his friends get killed he gets uh he gets um um a, a petty dwarf kind of uh, tells orcs where they are and and kind of mm-hmm. leads them to them and um, yeah. and then when he he's captured by orcs and then when his friend comes to rescue him he accidentally kills his friend and, and there's all these yeah. things that kind of happen and and in this as well he he tries to go and find his um, his mother and uh, sister. Um, and he finds that they've kind of moved on and he can't find them and things and uh obviously which which really kind of upsets him um and uh yeah then one day he finds this beautiful girl who can't remember who she is or where she's from they get married and they're having a child and uh should, can we spoil it are we, are we spoiling it yeah we can yeah. we you can do yeah. it yeah uh, and it Fine. turns out to be his sister, his sister. Um, who doesn't remember because <laughs> she has been cursed by a a dragon called um Glaurung. um and Calagon sorry not Glaurung. um and Calagon mm. the black um and, oh no it's uh, Glaurung is the dragon yeah yeah Glaurung. oh yeah uh, yeah uh, and um uh, no, uh, Glaurung's the, the giant dragon. It's Anca- is it Ancalagon? I can't remember. It's Glaurung in the book. I was. Oh, is it Glaurung? It is Glaurung then. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. It, it's it's as you as you said at the beginning, it's very much a um, a very twisted yeah. Romeo and Juliet, isn't it? Y- yeah. the The weird thing about the book is it keeps on setting him up to be awesome. Like yeah. it keeps like he get he go he gets he go he runs away from the elves. He finds a load of men who are like misfits, and he kind of wrangles them together to become a, like a fighting force. He becomes the captain, and then they all die. And then he goes off and he does something. He kills a load of people, save a load of people, and then they're not happy about it. So he goes away again. Then he finds a load of men and makes them a captain. And then he has to go fight a dragon, and a lot of them die. And then his best friend betrays him, and it's just this 
cycle, isn't it? You think, oh, Set you th- up, things are slapped, finally turning around for him. Oh, wait, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, uh, it's horrific. Uh, and then, yeah, and then it's, uh, yeah, and then basically Hurin comes back to uh, uh, to, to Middle Earth after he's seen kind of his, his line um, <laughs> tortured basically for their entire lives. And like, the, you know, T- uh, Turin and his sister are, are both dead at this point. And uh, I think he comes back and uh, remind me, you've listened to it more recently. I think his wife is, yeah. is dead or dying when he gets back. Yeah, um, she's dying. Yeah, she's dying. He turns up and then she dies. And it's just like, it, it's yeah it's 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 not a happy tale at all um <laughs> no. but if you you know if you wanted to explore and uh, this this takes place uh in the first age so it's kind of way 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 beyond bit before lord of the rings but for me yeah. it's a very accessible way to explore more of middle earth outside of lord of the rings yeah. and the the hobbit um you know there are loads of loads and loads and loads of stuff of of books um by Tolkien but I think this is the most accessible one to read if you've ever yeah. tried reading the Silmarillion it's it's not a fun read no, it's not an no. easy read at all like you, you feel like you need a family tree in front of you to to know who's related it, it, to who and yeah, yeah. And, and this one does take some little bits of that where people start changing their names and by the end of it it's probably got about four or five names um but there an interesting thing which whilst I was listening to it and also, as well, everyone in the audiobook side of things who is on Audible, it's read by Christopher Lee. So yes, it is. And that's it's a, very that's good a real it. treat. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, what was I going to say? It's got a kind of semi-Shakespearean poetry to it. Mm-hmm. So the way they say things doesn't, I mean, when you listen to it, you'd be like, that's a weird way of saying that, but it's kind of constant throughout. So you start getting the hang of it. You're like, oh, okay, this is just the way they say things. Um, but for like the weird things which I latched onto, which I found quite interesting, were they describe at a point where um, Turin's training with the elves, and they say he starts to become as fast as them, but he is much stronger because he is a man. Yeah, and I was like, oh. I didn't realize men were actually like physically stronger as a general rule than elves in Lord of the Rings, like yeah. in Tolkien's world. I was like, oh, okay, that makes a bit more sense because otherwise, if elves were just as strong but faster and better at everything, why would they not just completely mess up men whenever they wanted to? Yeah. But if they are generally as a stronger kind of thing, I was like, Ah, so Turin becomes quite a formidable person once he else because he becomes as fast as them, yeah. but he's as strong as a man. And I was like, oh, this is quite interesting. I like this. Um, but they have like cursed swords as well that are going yeah. on throughout it. It's quite interesting. Uh, he's yeah, got a drag, it's, dragon helm. So I, I, I yeah. think it would make a really cool um, like game. Really, I, yeah. I think you could make a very kind of cool. Almost, it would almost be kind of semi-historical fantasy, almost. Yeah. Um, but I think it would make a, a, a fan, an absolutely fantastic game. Um, yeah, there's so yeah. you know, there's so many characters. There's kind of so many. You know, you could flesh it. It would probably need fleshing out a little bit in terms of the factions and things. But I, I think mm-hmm. it would make a really cool game. Yeah. Also, as well, understanding how big Glaurung is would be quite interesting as well, because it, he was yeah. supposed to be like the supreme dragon or something. I, I don't think he has wings. Am I right in saying that? No, he's that? He he's, he's he's a like a a, a Drake, I think he's or a, uh, I can't remember what he's he's described as, but yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a big bugger. So he, 
Yeah, yeah, he's sort of like crawling across valleys and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's. I was generally surprised when at the end, when he meets his end, how easily that kind of killed him. I was like, what the time? Yeah, just like hides in a valley and and, and stabs him. him. Yeah, stabs him in the belly once and it kills him. I'm like, this guy's supposed to be like the size of a mountain. So, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, it's it's an interesting read. I definitely say give it a try. Um, it's a it's a unique read. It, it was definitely not what I was expecting. Um, mm-hmm. But it does have dragons in it. It does have tragedy in it. It's got some messed upness in it. And yeah, it's it's an interesting one. So, but it, it, I, it, as I say, it's it's one of the the books that kind of it's the first in that series. Like you know, the in terms of the stuff that's kind of released. Mm-hmm more recently um but it's it's an easier read than some of the some of the other works so if you if you are looking for that kind of expansion of middle earth and want to kind of read more tales it's probably where i'd recommend starting Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's definitely digestible compared to the silmarillion yeah 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 so yeah how what do you think pickle you gonna give it a listen yeah that sounds i mean it sounds Horrific. Like I'd probably enjoy it. It sounds like I'd enjoy reading it. Um, I mean, I'm big into like Lord of the Rings and stuff. Um, and yeah, <laughs> you're still trying to process the whole ancestral part, right? Yeah, trying to wrap my head around it. <laughs> it's one of the things you know when people explain things to you, and because you've you've not actually done the thing or read the thing or or played the thing or whatever, you're sort of like, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> yeah it, no, it sounds there is it does it does kind of explain itself but you it is just generally like oh no i know that and then they say they love each other and i was like oh no oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh, dear cool uh, uh yeah. what, what was it called that's the children of hurin the children of hurin uh, so mm. there you go check that out if you if that sounds interesting to you guys uh, that's it. Mm. We're at the en- end of the podcast. We've done it. I'm meeting popcorn again. I can tell. <laughs> uh, so, Ben, massive yep. thank you for for coming on for being no uh, at all. for being a guest today. Where can people find you out on the world wide web? Tell share all your socials and stuff. So primarily on the YouTubes, so it's uh, Benji's Hobbies. Um, so if you just type that into YouTube, hopefully it should find me. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram um, at Benji's Hobbies, I think. Benji's underscore Hobbies. I can't remember exactly what my uh, my my name is, but if you search for Benji's Hobbies, again, I should appear. Uh, I've got a Facebook group, uh, which is Benji's Hobbies Community Hangout. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. That's all my, all my socials. Oh, I'm on Twitter as well. I, I do a little bit of Twittering, but not a huge amount. But if you want to reach out to me on there then feel free awesome sauce fantastic elston where can we find you i'm on the internet (laughs) fantastic (laughs) you can find me on my youtube channel elston nation there's a facebook page elston nation's minis um, and sometime, somewhere, and if you, I'm not going to set dates anymore. At some point, there will be a Wargamers Anonymous Facebook page. We'll let you know when it shows up. But yeah. until that time, yeah. <laughs> That's where you can find me. Drop us a message if you want to get in contact. Uh, I might respond. I might not. Depends if there's popcorn available. 
Brilliant. And you can find me, as always, on the Pickle Jar YouTube channel, or you can find me on my live stream channel, Pickle Vision, where I live stream every Wednesday and every other Sunday morning. Uh, you can also see me on Instagram and, and all those other sorts of places. Or you can join us all over on the Discord down below in the description. Uh, there's a link for that as well. Uh, so thank you guys for, for joining me again this week. Ben, thanks for, for coming along and making your debut. I'm sure it'll not be the last time we have you on. No problem at all. I've mm -hmm. absolutely loved it. Thank you for having me on no problem at all thank you guys all for listening i hope you have a lovely the rest of your day or evening or whatever time it is that you're listening to this and we will catch you on the next episode bye for now do you think people will want to hear me chewing popcorn as the outro to this video or i mean that that could that i mean it sounds as good as the normal outros doesn't it so um if i do this but it's doing open mouth chew i mean it's kind of like asmr I just put some more in that's what she said.